two village idiots with a love-hate relationship. See, you got fat. So you still look like a 15-year-old girl, but not hot. Who can't stop arguing over Oklahoma sports. You know what, man? Why am I still talking to you? Come on, we were doing good there, man. It's the Just Okay Sports Podcast. Sooner Nation, Thunder Nation, we are back. This is the Just Okay Sports Podcast. I am one of your village idiots, Daryl. I'm here with my brother, Jared, a.k.a. J-Rod. And by the way, when we say Just Okay Sports, we don't just mean average sports. We mean Oklahoma sports. We just mean the podcast is Just Okay, but we talk Oklahoma sports. That's Sooners football, softball, basketball, all the fun things, and we do some Thunder as well. So that is who we are. And so if you end up liking this thing, please like, subscribe, follow, do all the things, which, by the way, uh, especially on Spotify. And we've just started kind of doing YouTube recently. So YouTube is slowly starting to climb. Uh, Spotify has really gained some traction. So thank you, you gotta, to everybody. Daryl's new to this. So you got to like, subscribe, hit that bell icon. So, you know, when we go, we post videos <laughs> and do the whole thing. You got to you got to know you got to learn the skit, bro. You got to learn the YouTube skit there's a script to it okay like subscribe hit the bell icon that's it's like and then you can put a spin on it you know you're a boomer let's just keep going just get into it how are you doing buddy how's how's things in oklahoma you idiot i love i you. don't know how i didn't do what you just said and then i tried to thank you were like well, you were like, liking you know, and subscribing we like, we like, and you were unhappy about it I, you know, you were like, yeah, I guess like you, you got to like you get passion, bro. We're supposed to be passionate. We're a passionate fan base. Look at Twitter. All right. <laughs> yeah. Look at Twitter. That's one way to say it. which, by the way, uh, I did notice on Twitter. Uh, apparently uh, Hamas was in your backyard, I guess, yesterday or something like. Yeah, I, I still don't like it wasn't on the news. So maybe it was like a, there was I, like I have no idea. It was for sure gunfire. Like, I walked out with the dogs, and, like, I don't live in, like, a terrible, like, you've seen my house. Like, I don't live in a terrible part of town or something. Like, I live, right? I actually live fairly close to UCF, you know? So, it's, like, it's a, you know, it's a decent residential neighborhood, whatever. It's not, like, up upper class or something, but uh, as much as people, because I sat <laughs> in the club seats once. Um, but yeah, but, you know, I was, like, uh, I walked outside, and I heard that. It was really wild. Um yeah, I don't know. I still know what it was. I tried looking it up. Maybe it's been on the news. I looked this morning. I didn't see anything. I was like, as much like it was like near war zone levels of firing. So maybe there's like there's a, there is a shooting range nearby, but it's indoor. So I'm like, there's no way I would be hearing an indoor shooting range. So I think so. Huh. I don't know. Anyway, maybe they strange. added maybe they added an outdoor area. Who who knows? Um, and if they did, they did like crazy. within the last like two weeks. But anyway, um. Yeah, and then like I've learned that the uh, I, we're gonna get into this a little later because I'll talk about my experience now with it. Uh, Florida winters are weird, bro. Like it's not, it's cold in a different way. Like it's not the cold like, you know, today I don't know. It was like in the sixties. It's like sixty sixty nine. Huh, nice uh, outside right now. Mm -hmm. But it's like it just rain. Like, it's misting all day. So it's uh -huh. like you go outside and it's cold. You know what I mean? It's not it's not cold because yeah. of the temperature, but it's like you're just wet, so you get cold. Um, right. 
And so I had a little experience with that Saturday, which I my my brother is forcing me, even though I was like amped to get this off my chest. He's like, you're going to have to wait. You have to wait. This is the things I put up with for brotherly love, you know. But anyway, um, but yeah, no, things are good. Um, yeah. So how how are things back home? How are things uh, in the, the Sooner State? It's all good, man. Other than a kid with a sprained ankle. Everybody else is good. Life's good. Can't. Can't complain. Had a marathon of a day yesterday, but we uh, we survived it. And uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah, life is really good. And with that, good weekends come when the Sooners get a victory. So let's jump into it, shall we? Uh, we had been on a skid of two losses. I think everybody was expecting a close game. I think everyone was kind of on pins and needles of what this game would be like. And instead, the Sooners come out with a 59-20 to victory where they amass 644 yards of offense and 221 yards of it was rushing yards. Let me say that again. Rushing yards at 5.3 yards and uh, carry per average. Um, I'd say all in all, it was a pretty good day. And at the last minute, I got tickets and I got to take Tal to the game. So, I, how did, I, just, I didn't even know you went to the game. I found out last minute, dude, like when we went. And then yesterday, again, I had about a thousand other things when I was telling let me, me put it let pod me, and all the things. I'm I'm gonna send this. I'm gonna when we get this podcast posted, I'm gonna have to send this to my to my boy. So is his name's Jared, I'm Jared. So I go by J Rod, but everybody calls him Jared. It's a weird thing. Anyway, uh he's the one that I went to the UCF game with and we were talking about it. So I want to get your opinion real quick because you've I, I know what I feel, but I kind of want to get a little bit of like Sooner Nations feel. So maybe like comment in the the yeah. yeah about this so my boy jared wants to the deal we made was like i would go to ucf game and mm -hmm. he would go to an ou game and we'd go you know obviously i'd go to ucf here and we go to norman we're gonna fly to norman and see a game or whatever and he was like let's go to like a three o'clock game and i was like bro i was like i honestly like i like three o'clock's good if you want to like get that mid game and then you want to go to the bars after or do whatever i was like but for pure like game day Mm -hmm. atmosphere i'd say night i'm like dude let's go to a six yeah. o'clock kickoff yeah the atmosphere was great fans were great um like it was really good vibes in the stadium you know i know i don't know if he's heard like gay bikerd was on his podcast like kind of going off about do not boo this team if they start slow you know those kinds of things and man, I'm not gonna lie. When when West Virginia marched right down the field on the first drive, I was like, okay, this isn't great. But the crowd did not like. You could tell they were like, okay, we did not expect that, but okay. And dude, they just picked it up and got after it from there. I, I, um, I feel like that would be the case. Like I feel like people would have been a lot more discontent if it was the offense had come out first and done three and out. Sure, without a doubt. But still. I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. That offense was a, a hot knife through butter on that first drive. I mean, it looked effortless for West Virginia. And I was very concerned um, about what the night was going to go like from there. And like I said, then everything turned and and went a different direction. But I definitely give a, a big round of applause to the fans. And I will say by the end of that game, it was cold. So I had actually gone in with a, a long sleeve shirt on and I made the mistake of setting my jacket on our little bench seat 
which then fell onto the ground, which then promptly someone spilled an entire beer on. So I had a soaking wet jacket for the rest of the game that I could not wear. So um, Smart. Smart. I just had to grit and bear it. And it, it was chilly, like not going to lie. It was cool. But if I was a football player, it was perfect weather. Uh, let me, let me ask, let me, can I ask one question about your experience on game day? Yes. Did you join in on the SEC chance? Uh, when it got to, uh, the second one, second go round that they did it after the bad call. And I understood that they were chanting it because of the referees. Then yes, I did for that. Um, but it, it made me throw up in my mouth a little, like, I'm not going to lie, but I understood it was a way of jabbing at the refs. That's the only reason I could do it. If it was because we were beating someone and we were trying to brag about going to the SEC, I, I'm no. Okay. You know. Can I give? Can I give an actual? I'm gonna give a little. Can I give just a smidgen of my rant real quick, to to yes. to, to, to hit hit the officiating. The sure. exact, nearly the exact same play occurred in the UCF OSU game again, which I was at. Yes, right in front of me because we were sitting in zone. It happened like right in front of me. Not not even not even as egregious actually. Like he hooked his arm really clearly. Like it was an egregious penalty, but it wasn't. He didn't tackle him to the ground technically. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, and they called it. They called it. So hmm. it's it's possible that OSU gets defensive basketball interference calls. Um, but yeah, and it was like funny because even some of the UCF fans, and I'll get to this in again in a minute. Very gracious, like one of them leaned over and he was like, "Dude, I don't know how y'all didn't get that last week." Literally a UCF fan. Yeah. So yeah. Um, well, and it was brought up. Why well, I'm I'm again. You probably watched it, but watching back the um, yeah. Uh, the playback, the announcers talked about it at nauseum during the game uh, about the the reality that it should have been uh, a call the week before. So, well, let's do like we always do. As we start to break this thing down piece by piece, let's start with the negative slash concerns first, and then we'll move in the positive. So we end on the sunshine side of things. So I will let you have the floor first since you you're you're amped up tonight, so I'm gonna let you start with the negatives first of what you did not like. And again, it's a 59-20 win, but they're like the reason we do a negative on something like this is just like Brent Venables always says, there is always something to clean up, and there is always something to get better, right? So, for your perspective, Jared, yeah. what were the things that came out of this game that bothered you or you thought were negatives? I'm gonna go with the one that bothered bothered me the most, <laughs> and that is Andrew Rain. Uh, I sent I sent you a picture today, and this was yeah. a common thread throughout the game. Now I understand that we still ran for was it five whatever yards a clip, right? That's right. fine. I cannot count. I lost count of how many times that other defensive linemen were five, six, seven, ten yards down the field, and Andrew Rain standing there just literally jogging, looking around, watching the play go by, right and. It, it's just a, it's a concern. Like that's my biggest concern. And like people are like, okay, you're just really hammering on. It's my concern is how do we not have anybody else? How is there nobody else? Like anybody else that does that is getting benched. That's beaten both shown that or or Levy or whoever's making the call has showed that we're willing to bench other guys because of those sorts of lacks of effort, if you will. Right. And Andrew Rame, not the case. Like I said, and I it was literally maybe 
I, I can remember it would probably be easier for me to count the plays that I saw him down the field more than three or four yards. Um, so it's just a lack of effort. It's like I didn't even think like when I said he had a terrible game. To me, it's one of those effort games. Like he didn't really like he didn't get blown off the ball as much as he usually does or anything like that. I think those sorts of things he did pretty well. Yeah, but like one of the hallmarks of good offensive line play, we both played again, high school ball, not college ball, but we were run first team. Even when I was there, it was still run first. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was all about, it didn't matter what position you were. If you didn't have the ball, your job was to go down the field to put your hands on somebody. Like that was like rule one, you know, it doesn't matter if it's the five foot one safety at a piece of crap school, go knock him on his butt. That was your goal. Rain doesn't do that. And like I said, you see McCade Matower, you see, uh, I don't even remember, I can't even, I mean, everybody, literally everybody, there was literally one play, all four offensive linemen are down the field at a minimum of six yards, and Raim is literally at the line of scrimmage, not doing, and it's not like he's, he's not blocking, he's literally staring as the running back runs by. Um, yeah. So that needs to get remedied. Um, and then I guess I'll, uh, special teams. I do think, I mean, I know people were really upset with G Freaky about, but I was like, that really wasn't him. He got blocked into. I mean, I, I still get, you know, the whole thing, and that should have been a penalty because that was the most blatant block in the back I've ever seen in my life or whatever, I guess you want to call it. But, um, yeah, I mean, the special teams has got to get better. I mean, at least we have a good punter, but, like, there's nothing. There's still nothing. We're in, what, what we're, we're in week, what, 11 now? Yeah. Um, and there's nothing that gives me confidence in our kicking or place kicking. Right. Yeah. Um, there's nothing that gives me confidence in our kick returns or our punt returns. Like, well, we had one that almost, I mean, there was that one that Farouk came out like a missile. And if that dude doesn't clip his ankle, he's gone. Sure. But I mean, at, at the same time, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you can look at that one, but it's like, how many times have we also had weren't ones where we're just like, what are you doing? Right. Like it, it's definitely the, the as much as people want to point to the offense and all that, the weakest part of this team right now is the special teams. And it's not got it. It's like I don't feel like it's got any better to this point in the season, um, yeah. which, again, comes down to I don't really know. I would actually maybe that'll be my assignment before next week to go over and figure out like what an analyst can and can't do compared to a coach, because we don't have a special teams coach. We have a special teams analyst. Right. So that's maybe something they need to remedy somehow. Um but I, you know, I think BV looks at it as a secondary thing, but I think it's one of those things that's like biting them in the butt a little bit. Um, I mean, it's really probably cost you a game this year. So, um, you know, it's yeah. definitely something to look at. So those are my two probably like glaring things. And then, um, you know, I, that, yeah, really, that's pretty much my big things. I mean, I know I don't think DG was great in the first half, and I thought there was still a little bit of, I still have some questions about like the personnel choice. It was a lot better. Don't get me wrong. The overall, the the personnel choice across the board was a lot better this game. But there were still times where I'm like, why are we why are this why is this set on the field right now? You know what I mean? Like there was a couple of plays where you had like Dalen Smothers and uh Gavin Freeman on the field. Of course, it was towards the end of the game or whatever. It was getting when you're running away with the score a little bit. But still, I was kind of like, why? You know, I don't know. It just felt felt a little awkward, I guess, to me. So, but those are my things. Those are my. It really, it's kind of almost hard. This was actually a very good game for you. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, a really complete game. I do say special teams. Yes, Gavin dropped the one. He got blocked into, which 
I was really trying to rack my brain for how that works. I know that if you are trying to block someone and they are running through the blocker and they push the blocker into the return guy, that that is a legal play. I don't know if you can shove them in the back to do that, if that makes sense. Because technically, as the coverage team, they're not blocking, right? So I don't know. I, I heard a lot of people say he pushed him in the back, and I'm like, I know, but he's not blocking. He's trying to get to the ball carrier. So I don't know about that one, but still that's not technically on Gavin to some degree, right? But the second one that he dropped and recovered is on him, right? Yeah. And so – I mean, again, just a regression throughout the season with Gavin in special teams. I thought everything else on the night was was pretty good. Um, was not too bad. I mean, we 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 did have the one, but I looked at uh, my son Tal, and there was the one where the guy bobbled the kickoff and then got a big return out to like the 35, 40 yard line. I was like, dude, mm. what is it about bobbling the freaking ball that if you can pick it up and get going, you're out? And and Tal looked right at it and goes, because they're all running after the ball. And so they don't hold their lanes. And I was like, that's my boy. You're right. Huh? Tal, <laughs> Tal, right here, so, buddy. Your, your, your uh, uncle's proud of you. Your uncle's proud of you. And so, you know, that one. But again, I think he's right. You see that ball squirt out off his hands and you come out of your lane to – hopefully go pick up a ball that might be loose. And the next thing you know, he scoops it right up and he's, he's on the run. So the special teams have been rough, man. I mean, I've tried to defend them. And there have been a lot of bright points this year, too. I mean, we've gone through entire seasons without blocking a punt. We've gone through entire – we went through years without a punt return for a touchdown. We have all that this year. Um, but, man, as the year has gone along, it is worse and worse and worse. Um, the first half – and, like – I know this is nitpicking. I know, I know, I know. But I can tell you right now, especially for those of us in the stadium, the first half of DG's game was not well received by the fans. I mean, there was a guy a section and a half over from me that when it got quiet in the stadium, he is screaming, DG, calm down. Like, because he was missing guys left and right. The Stogner miss was a huge miss. The Drake miss was a huge well, miss. And then again, you know how it is, depending on where you're sitting, you can really watch plays develop when you're in the stadium better than you can on television. Mm -hmm, and there's guys just coming wide open. Now, like, for example, go watch the tape on television. The Drake Stoops unbelievable long TD run, dragging guys in the end zone play he had. If you look right behind him, I don't know if it's Farouk or Nick Anderson on that side, but they are gone on the post and they are open one-on-one, -on -one, throw the deep ball, and that's a touchdown right there, right? It, it worked out. Drake was open, don't get me wrong, but there were plays like that all day. The back of the end zone play early to Stogner. Stogner is waving his hands as soon as he comes out of his break. DG just runs and runs and runs and runs and runs and runs before he finally throws it to him. And then he's way off target, you know, on it. He like he had some bad moments of just not seeing the field, not hitting guys. And again, I don't think West Virginia is a great team. I understand that they had played their best games the last couple of weeks, but let's not try and convince ourselves that this is some kind of big big twelve championship contending team 
you know? Yeah. And so you can get away with that stuff in this game. But if you play one of these teams down the stretch, it's on a heater or you make it to the conference title game. You cannot do that. Like you cannot have these moments. And I mean, we're two years in, so that's probably just who he is, but that was mine. And then I agree with you on the Rame stuff. Overall, did Rame have a good game? Yes. But dude, finish a block. That's all we're saying. I think that's what you're like. And then if nobody comes in your zone, once the ball clears, go try and find somebody and put a hat on them. Make somebody See, feel you every play, and he just doesn't do it. So we had – we had, and you know, it reminds me, maybe this is, again, the high school football coming out of me. We had a coach. He did it in the secondary, too, but they use it all the time. If you were out standing out in the field all by your lonesome during a play, they called you Space Cadet, and you got called Space Cadet, and that was not a badge of honor because they'd be like, what are you doing? You're out in the middle of space. Ain't nobody around you. You're just being a Space Cadet, and that was – Rame for a lot of this game. I mean, again, I don't think in an egregious game. It's just like you said, I it's the effort thing. I just want to see that. It's like I know that's nitpicking, and maybe it's because I see potential in him, and I want him to to reach that. And you know, maybe it's some of the attitude things that we've heard. But yeah, I mean, it's just go put your hands on somebody, dude. Just go, literally, just go. It, it's the thing is, if you think about it, if you have a, I don't even know what Rame weighs, like three hundred pounds, whatever he weighs. I don't think he weighs that much. Two two whatever. It's like, dude, if you go no, he's and just three, knock... He's like 305, 306, I think. So, yeah, but I mean, you go put a linebacker on his butt with a 300-pound dude, that linebacker is going to get worn out. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Is like that linebacker is going to not want you to put your hands on him is going to give up on a play. Like, you know what I mean? That's the physicality you want to see. And like I said, you saw that from a... Like, that's really where you started to see the rest of this offensive line shine. So, anyway, yeah. positives. 305, yeah. Let's move into the the positives and the uptick of everything. Um, and I'll go first on this one. I think the number one thing that I saw in this game that really encouraged me, more so than the run game, more so than Gavin Sawchuck and all things, was the defensive line. We had been saying it for two weeks. They were so scared, in the, especially the UCF, sorry, Central Florida and the, um, and the Kansas No, I'm going to go UCF. I'm going to go UCF. <laughs> Uh, they they were so scared of the QB run game, they just caught blocks. And they just tried to stay in a lane and just create a wall, but they got no knockback and no push whatsoever. And in this game, they were playing behind the line of scrimmage. And by the way, the guy that no one is talking about that had a heck of a game is Rondell Bothroyd. That guy mm -hmm. was driving his guy all over. He Does he have a sack? Nope. Uh, I think he may have had one, one and a half tackles for loss maybe in the game, but he affected the game on a huge level. There, One of the interceptions is Bothroyd putting pressure on Green and Green letting it fly and then it getting tipped and, and intercepted. But that's the D-line that we have to see. That's the D-line and the way they need to play regardless of who the quarterback is. That's how they need to play, not this – coming off the ball and just standing up straight and just trying to hold their hold the line. They need to push the line back every single game. They did that this game. But can I can I, can I ask you cuz I feel like we've talked about like what could what could BV do? I mean, it's the same for every coach, but what is BV going to do when he has some of these elite D linemen that are supposedly that are right now in the boat for them? And I think you saw it like the first drive versus the rest of the drives, right? Like that first drive they got pushed around a little bit. 
Um, mm. And then they corrected. And then, like you said, they started, they started pushing back. And I really think when you look at it, that's the difference between this team being undefeated. And like the more I really watched this game, because I watched the whole game back. I, I, I feel like that may be the difference between this team being undefeated and being having two losses is the defensive line playing more aggressive. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it definitely I mean, would have helped well, them in the play Kansas calling game. too, but yeah, sure. Um, but no, they, they played great. Um, it was really, really cool to watch. Um, I think the second thing for me that was a huge positive was the youth, man. I mean, when you look across, especially on defense, you know, but when you look across there, Kip obviously stepped in a second week in a row. And, dude, I don't know if you've listened to Teddy and Gabe's podcast yet. He was doing all he could to strongly compliment the difference the linebackers looked with Kip and Stutzman on the field compared to Canick without just dunking on Canick. Um, and, again, you and I have both said it. I think Canick's going to be a very good player. But he's still – a little bit behind in in his development. Kip Kip reminds me, I'm going to draw a comparison. I know that this physically may not fit, but it's just the way he plays, like the attitude he has. Rufus Alexander. Where he's very much like, there was a number of plays where if you watch back, there's like a play where he's he's covering the edge and the, the play goes the other direction and he's still flying that way to the ball and ends up getting... yeah close to making a play on the ball. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. just one of those guys that's got that motor that is just otherworldly. Yeah. He, I mean, he had a fantastic game. RSJ, like I know it's hard with those anthracite uniforms to read the numbers, but there's three or four plays, man, that because I was in the stadium, I know that that who it was because I could see it a little bit better. On TV, you can't tell who it is at all. Dude, he laid wood on people a lot in this he, game punt, and he did on the punt return textbook yeah yeah i mean just bowen obviously played a lot this game looked great kobe almost with the interception lots of tackles in the game and the other guy that flashed um i wouldn't say it was just another worldly game but dude i finally saw with my own eyes why the coaches are so excited about our mason thomas dude there's a play and I'm in the stadium and I see what I think is a linebacker or one of our safeties moving to his left. And then the play spills back out the other side, you know, to their right. And man just puts a foot in the ground and takes off and chases it down. And I was like, dude, is that RSJ? Like I'm trying to figure and I'm going, Oh my God, that's R Mason Thomas that just Mm -hmm. did that. Like for a guy, his size, his movement is unbelievable. And so, again, you just – and uh, I didn't even realize until later watching back, Samuel Masigo played some at Cheetah in this game and looked good. Uh, just, again, the numbers were so hard to see, especially in the stadium. But uh, the the youth on the defense looked incredible and just makes you so hype for the future of that yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they that player unity. I don't know how they haven't seen the field all season. They played so incredible. <laughs> um, no, it was uh, it, well, you're you're not wrong. I mean, the, the youth is is you're starting to see why. I still don't think we're going to come into the SEC and dominate or anything 
absurd, no. right? But I do think the trajectory is for OU to be a contender in the SEC. Again, I think the D-line is going to be fine. I think the linebackers are going to – I think the defense is going to be fine. The O-line is going to be the difference. I think our wide receivers will match up fine. We have to figure out that O-line for next year, especially if Guyton goes, you know, with um, Rouse leaving. There's a chance Rame could leave. There's a chance – or not a chance. Uh, McKay Tower will definitely be gone, so all those things. So, anyways, those are my two biggest ones. How about you? Um. So I'll go, I'll, I'm going to piggyback off one of our negatives because I do agree with you. Like we saw with Dylan in the first half where I agree with you. While people are going to be like, he put up record numbers and all that. I agree with you. He had yeah. overall, he had a great game. Um, but the first half you did see, there was a couple of those plays where like he airmailed because he's just trying to throw the ball 5,000 miles an hour. Like he's just trying yeah. to throw it as hard as he can. And it sails on him. You saw that with Sogner. You saw that with Stoops. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, you saw that indecision. I, I, it's like a weird thing where I still, it's the middle of the field for him. Um, there's yeah. a play where it's hard to see on TV, but it looks like, um, I think it was Nick or somebody was coming across the middle on a go, uh, you know, on a slant or whatever. And he looks open on TV again. It's hard to tell, but you could see him that kind of like double clutch, like looking at him and it's just those sorts of things. However, he he progressively got better in the game. He corrected. He, yes. he slowed down his throw. He wasn't trying to, you know, play in the World Series, just throwing the ball how he should. Um, and and you know what? Cla- applause to DG when Stoops went down in the end zone on the on that hit and yeah. the guy stood over him and all that. He was the first guy over there in the dude's face. Yeah. Like, bravo, bravo. You know, all the things I said about your leadership, I am sorry, DG. You proved me wrong. Um, and you know what? Just a real quick shout out, McCade Matower. By the way, yes. the president of the university fist bumps you because he agreed with you that much. Which, by the way, if you watch the replay of it, it's pretty bush league that he was the one that got penalized out of all of that happening. The only one that got penalized. When yeah. West Virginia players were drawing the whole way to the sideline, and apparently, I don't, I don't know, I wasn't obviously in the stadium. The commentators had said. It was because of what he said and did to, or what he said to West Virginia players and refs going off the field or something. Like, and I'm like, bro, like, I understand you're trying to control the game, but like West Virginia had like 10 players doing that. But anyway, just, I love to see. And you know what? The, there was a play where Stutzman, they ended up having to call time. I was in the first half. Stutzman is trying to tell, I think it was, Oh, who was it? Was it Co? It was Co. He was trying to tell Co what the play was, I guess. And there was miscommunication. They had to call a timeout. And Co gets like, and I, I think Danny was telling him like, you know, by the way, I heard Teddy say that he is incorrect. It's Kobe, Kobe and Co oh, almost Kobe? go okay. to blows. And then Danny jumps into it. And then him and Co start. But like Danny, whether he was calming Co down or sticking up for Kobe, who knows? Right. But yeah, Kobe was the one telling him he was telling Co to move to a gap. And then we ended up calling timeout and Co turned around and was telling him, You are wrong. And I mean, they were they were getting after it. Look, and look, Danny came over and broke it up. Like I it's really weird to say you want your guys fighting. I don't want them fighting, but it's like to show that level of amped up that it kind of felt like we didn't yes. see the previous two weeks, right? Yeah. Um, that aggressiveness and that that so I really love seeing that. Um, and then, like I said, I guess, uh, you know, I'll piggyback off what you said. There was finally 
I, I was proud in the young players, but in the same same sense, and I guess I'm kind of arguing the opposite of what I said earlier, there was times in the game where the personnel is like, okay, you're putting some young players in there to give them enough time to play that they're getting the feel for the game. You know, you're not putting... Um, it, it was frustrating seeing them put, you know, uh, uh, Petaway out there for a play, and then he pulled him, and he doesn't play the rest of the game. It's like, okay, well, you burnt, you're burning yeah. his red shirt for nothing, right? Like, yeah, you played him in a game, and he's not getting any actual experience that's going to matter in the end of things. Um, so the same with uh, there's a lot of Vickers played a lot, which I think Vickers went out, but I think he came back in. I don't know, I can't remember. I don't think he did. Um. Either way, but you again, had a lot of it's so hard to tell. Those I, look, I love the anthracite uniform. I do. I just hate that you cannot read those numbers. I, at I feel all. like I feel like they. I don't know if we've. I don't know what the stats are when we've used them at night. I guess this is only the second year we've had them, and it's the second or third year. Yes, yes, second. We had yeah, them last so I, year. Was the first year. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's a little bit better in the day, but anyway, yeah, I agree. It's it's hard, very very hard to tell. Um, like I would be like that person has a single digit number, and that person has a double digit number that's all i can tell you and freya agrees with me um but yes you uh you you finally got to see some young people play and it made sense how you rotated them um you let some guys get some some uh some run i also like that you saw sawchuck uh like you know i've been saying since like week two put somebody out there and let them run the ball like let sawchuck get rolling let him get comfortable let him get that contact and let him get the confidence built up that he can make plays, and we finally saw it. And he, kudos to Sawchuck. There was the one run that impressed the hell out of me, where he drugged defenders because he's not a big dude, right? Like Sawchuck's not a like you know he's not six foot two and two hundred and thirty pounds, right? Right. And he was dragging dudes with him, and he was just pumping. And I told people, I was like, that again comes down to effort. That's just a running back pumping his legs and just driving for every yard he can get, and he ended up getting like five or six extra yards. It was nuts. Um, so you're finally, I think just overall, you're finally, at least in this game, you saw them um, again get back to that gritty attitude, that aggressive and physical and yeah. don't back down attitude that we haven't seen, like I said, in two weeks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's so much good to go over, but those are my things. And then, like I said, um, I guess last of all, because he set a record, DG, hey, compliments, dude. I love that you got in the guy's face. I'm glad you're backing up Stoops. Stoops, by the way, I don't. Did you see the account that's tweeting about how Drake's only there? He's now he's tweeting Drake's. Oh, only the Lost Ogle. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Yeah, I commented yeah. on that today. Yeah, yeah, the dude that just had the most reception yards on the entire team. He's just there because of his dad. Yeah, um, you freaking moron. Um, so yeah, it was it was a great uh great game. I I, I it was. Like you said, I, I, think, I, got... I think we need to I think we need to pause and say also positive Jeff Levy. I yep. thought the game he called was great, obviously. But I mean, he really did. Um, I, I, you know, I you, you just have to give him his flowers for that. After all the heat he's taken and all the different things, I thought that they played a solid game. But again, also. It's fair to say, and we said this going in the game, just win a turnover battle. Just win a turnover battle and see the difference that it makes, and it obviously makes a big one. Um, and then, like you said, back to the to the defense, I think the other thing we got to give up, uh, yet this is, what, the third time this year 
that this defense has had a team that's had a first and goal from inside the five-yard line and has held them out of the end zone. Which, by the way, that we did get a call go our way because that I'm pretty certain that first run, that first yes. down run, looked like it was a touchdown. But I don't think they had it, enough evidence. Uh, yeah, they did not, but it... Regardless, regardless, still was. impressive. Still impressive. Not taking still, away you got to go two more, three more plays on the one yard line, holding them out of there, and you do. I mean, that's that's all you can hope for, right? So, I mean, those those little moments in the game were incredible. Drake was incredible. Neil Brown saying he's an NFL wide receiver was awesome in his post game. Um, the dude just balling, man. He's in his zone right now, and uh, was just really, really, really. I cool mean, he had, see, me, so. he had me. He had me. He had me. Dude, the guy, I don't care what Drake does. Drake, following daddy's footsteps at some point and be a coach. You had me ready to run through a brick wall with your, I don't care if we are if we were undefeated or we're 0-8, that whole speech. I know we already talked about that, but dude, guy yeah. gets it. The guy is a culture guy. I love it. So, yeah, yeah 100%. Of, and like I said of, earlier, too, the, the crowd, dude, like, dude, at halftime, when those refs came off the field and went through their little tunnel to their little space back there or whatever, Holy cow. That place let them know it that they had botched a couple calls down the stretch of that that first half and they let them feel it the whole way into the tunnel. It was it was pretty Let's, intense. I'm going to I'm also going to I'm going to jump back real quick cuz I wanted to mention it. Levy. I'm very happy. Very very good play calling. I would no complaints. The one thing I do have a complaint with the Sooner Nation. Look, guys, I'm not against having the Jets sweep. I'm not. Don't run it 15 times in a game, but you can run it. Like, you have to set it up, and you have to let it set up other plays, but I'm so tired of, like, I saw people on Twitter when we ran. We ran one with Fruk, and it was funny. It went for, like, 10 yards, and people were yeah. like, well, the Jet sweep's back, and I'm like, it's not. Like, you guys are trying to focus, hyper-focus on something, and the Jet sweep is not the problem. It's it's right. everything you do around the jet sweep, right? Yeah. Like if you run the jet sweep 15 times in a row, they're going to stop it and you're going to look like an idiot. And then you can complain about a jet sweep. But anyway, my thing is I'm fine with it. Levy, you did a great game. I, I hope that we see this because I'm always, I'm going to be honest with you. My nervousness is that he's going to lay an egg again because he called brilliant yeah. games before and then turned right around and been like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um. So anyway, but yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited to see if he can keep that rolling. I think VV and him had a little bit of a coming to Jesus, is how I feel. But yeah, I, I don't know about that. But it was a great game, great play, and again, is a great response by the team as a whole, and definitely showed that they're not quitting and they're not done. And they even got a little help this weekend, right? So there's a lot that still has to fall their way to make a Big Twelve championship game, but the door is definitely open. So they just need to worry about taking care of business and hopefully they will. So speaking of taking care of business, we made some picks of last week. Um, and so let's uh, let's find out how that went for us, shall we? We picked the Michigan-Penn State, uh, OSU, Central Florida game, the Tennessee-Mizzou game, the USC-Oregon game, Ole Miss-Georgia, and West Virginia-Oklahoma. And let's see, Penn State-Michigan, I got that one right. Jared misses. We both get the Central Florida game right. We both miss on Tennessee. We both miss on the Ducks because the stinking USC Trojans came back and covered that game at the very, very end of the game. And then Ole Miss, Georgia. I got the Georgia pick of that. You went with Ole Miss. 
Um, and then West Virginia, Oklahoma, we both missed. <laughs> we both picked West Virginia to cover. I'm picking. So I'm picking against. I'm picking against OU the rest of the season if that's going to be the how they how they come yeah, out. I don't care if I lose our our pickums. Um, but yeah, yeah, we did. The so one and five for Jared, three and three for me this particular week, which just gives me a two game edge after going down uh, one game last week uh, in the standing. So. Still plenty of ball left to go. And let's be real. I had like a four game lead on you after week one and you came back to take the lead. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just giving you a little bit of hope just to tear it away again. I'm going to rip it from your hands. Um, Yeah. So by the way, speaking of spreads, I'm going to give a shout out to my boy, Jared, right? We went, we go to the UCF game. All right. Can I go? Can I just roll into my rant? I'm sorry. I'm not even yeah, asking. Go to your rant. Go. Roll into my rant. To get to this we rant. need to make this a segment where J Rod rants about something. Okay. So my boy, Jared, he calls me like we I moved to Orlando, right? He's a UCF grad, right? I'm going to say UCF. You know what? Kudos. By the way, before we get into the rant, honestly, phenomenal fan base in the stadium. I've, I've talked about how people like at the grocery store are so cringe and all that. At the stadium, I had people walking up because I was like, I the only football stuff I have is OU, right? So I told my boys, like, I'm going to wear OU stuff. Like, I'm going to wear football gear, but I'm going to wear OU stuff. That's what I got. And uh, go to the game. People like people came up to me from UCF. Hey, man, like, hey, you know, it was, it was a good game a couple weeks ago, whatever. Like, extremely friendly. I literally had people stopping me to talk, talk to me about it and be like, we were in Norman. It was really great. You guys were really hospitable. Everything. So I'll call you UCF. Um, they're tailgating, top notch. Really, I mean, it's probably not SEC level. Like as far as like you know, you go look at like Tennessee or Ole Miss or whatever. <laughs> Excuse me, but still top notch. Um, it wraps all the way around the stadium. There's a ton of people there. Um, the flyover was nuts. They had a uh, Globemaster flyover, nice. and then the dude. The dude like flew over the stadium and like banked. Like I'm talking about, like I was like, dude, this guy's gonna crash. Like this is you're flying <laughs> a freaking cargo plane, like it's a fighter jet. Um, which they were like, he came on the field, of course, in the game, and they're like, oh, he used to be an F-15 pilot. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um. <laughs> okay, so now the rant, OSU fans. You know why your fan base is considered little brother, and why everybody says you have a little brother mentality? Because people go to a game. And you approach them out of your way to come over it. Like I literally had a woman come over to me, not sober. She appeared to be sober, right? Can't behind hide behind Jack Daniels or something or Bud Light. Came over to me and said, "You freaking losers!" And I was like, I turned. I was like, "What?" And she was like, "You guys lost. How does it feel?" And I was like, "I, you know, sure. Congrats. Like, what do you want me to say?" Oh, man, I couldn't, you know, I was out there blocking for Dylan Gabriel and we just lost the game. Like, what do you want me to say? Okay, so that was rule one. I had a lot of people glaring at me and OSU stuff, whatever. Like, I'm fine. Okay, cool. I, we beat UCF and UCF fans are telling me how great we are, right? I literally had UCF fans going boomer sooner. But you you have such a little brother mentality, you're going out of your way, right? So we go into the stands, we sit in the game, it comes a downpour. And I'm talking about literally the equivalent of like, I'm standing in the shower. Yeah. Fully clothed. I That's saw what it on it was TV, like. dude. It was, I was intense. I was dripping. I mean, literally like I, it was to the point where I was having to like wipe my eyes. There was so much water running down my face. 
So I go down to the concourse. We're watching on a TV about the size of a freaking toaster oven, right? And <clears throat> everybody's down there. Like the, pretty much the whole stadium's down in the in the concourse. An OSU fan comes over to me, and now he was younger. He was probably like eight, somewhere between eighteen and twenty-one, right? Like he's a probably in college, but very young in college. Comes over to me and goes, um, "Excuse me," and I go, "Yeah," and he goes, uh, "Why are you here?" And I go, I'm sorry. And he goes, well, you know, like I'm OSU fan and he's a UCF fan. What are you doing here? And I go, I'm just watching football. And he was like, oh, okay. So that's it. That's all you're doing. And I was like, yeah. And then he like huffed and walked away. And I was like, what? Like who? Why? Why? Why do that? And so then we walk past them and he goes, there's the guy stealing signs. Maybe he's joking, but I'm also like, <laughs> you're a moron. I'm sitting in the concourse watching on a freaking TV from 1998, and I'm stealing signs. That's what's happening, you moron. Like, who? Do I, I've never in my life, have you ever in your life gone to somebody who's wearing gear affiliated with a team that's not playing and been like, why are you here, dude? What are you, what are you doing, huh? You know? Well, I, will, I will say, I will say, when you and I, you came and helped me move to Massachusetts and we went to a March Madness game and it just so happened we weren't even planning to go. Remember, like pulled into town, went, there's a game tonight. We got on and looked, there's 10 buck tickets. So we were like, we're going to a March Madness game. Let's go. And all of us had OU gear on just for the travel sake of things and comfort. So we show up to the game in Oklahoma hats and gear and everything. And they all go, you guys aren't in this bracket. And we were like, yeah, we know. And then they were like, why are you here? And it's like, it's college basketball. So, I mean, I can but then somewhat we, but then, understand. But then, the but, but then those people, but if you recall, then those people let us go take a picture with the national championship trophy. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a friendly, it wasn't like, I'm going to scoff at you and be like, why are you here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it was just a whole off-putting thing. I was rooting so hard for UCF. And you know what? The other thing. It's a small stadium. I think it's like capacity. I don't know what it is, like 40,000. It wasn't filled. Um, but, dude, like it's like an aluminum, like the high school stadiums are made out of. It's made out of like the same bleachers pretty much. Uh -huh. And they like jump and stomp. And like literally you can feel the stands like bouncing. And I was nice. like, dude, this is about to collapse. I was like in my head, I'm thinking like, like it was moving enough that I was like in my head, I'm thinking like, I really hope Daryl has all like my will information and life insurance stuff because I'm going to die. It's going to, I'm going to be in a pile of rubble in a minute, but, uh, but really for what it is very loud, they're very rambunctious uh, and very friendly. Like I said, I literally had no UCF fans say anything mean or rude to me. Most of them stopped me and like, try to talk to me about being a Norman or, you know, how the season was going and all that sort of stuff. So like I said, shout out to UCF, but OSU fans, I'm sorry nothing about my experience and maybe it's just your travelers i don't know i know plenty of osu fans that are pretty chill but like you're traveling people sit down and have a talk right like i'm not there <laughs> i was i literally was going i told my i told my boy jared i said i'm gonna go i said i'm gonna sit down and watch the game i'm not gonna cheer because i've got my boy brady i've got friends that i know at osu you're a ucf right. guy i'm just gonna be the neutral party right i'm just gonna sit here and watch football like i was sitting at home watching it on tv and by the time kickoff happened, I was cheering very much for UCF. So, um, <laughs> but again, 
you're not going to break that OSU if you wonder why you have the little brother moniker. That's the things that happen. I don't go up to an O. If I see an OSU fan in an OU game, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like, I just have never, it's never crossed my mind to approach somebody and be like, why are you here? Go out of yeah. my way. Like, if I'm sitting in the stands next to you, cool. Right. I might be like, hey, man, like, you know, you're OSU, man. What are you, what are you doing here? Right. But like, literally walking out of your way to find me. That's why you're a little brother. So anyways, um, you hate to, you know, you hate to see them get their butts kicked, but more than that, you love to see it. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it was a great, it was a great game. Um, at UCF played lights out and just, uh, honestly, it's like, um, the QB problems, I guess are not resolved in, which really, honestly, I won't even put it down to the QB. It was the receivers just were not. They the ball popped up in the air like four times. I don't know how many interceptions he ended up they ended up with, but it's still it was it was a lot of you could see that he was a little bit slower. It was the same thing we're talking about. It was he got slow reading the middle of the field and was yeah. delayed, and that's what caused some of those plays to happen. But anyway, so fun game to go to. Honestly, right. if you're if you're ever in Orlando, go try to catch a game. Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, other things around college football uh, came down, I believe, today uh, that Jimbo Fisher is out at Texas A&M. And look, this has been swirling for a minute. I just don't understand the timing. Like, you just got a 50-point win in the SEC, and you fire your coach. Like, literally, when you texted that to me, I had no idea that it happened. And so I started looking it all up, and I was like, "Did they lose to Mississippi State? Is that what happened?" Like I didn't. Well, you even know what's check you know what's see. funny? The funny thing is Mississippi State fired their coach too. Yes, like I, I like I don't so know. again, I it just doesn't make sense. Like obviously, there's two things. It's a seventy-six million dollar buyout, so they got to find the no, money. 70, one. 74 million is what I read. Seventy-four. Sorry, seventy plus million dollar buyout. Okay. And then two, though, it makes me wonder, do they already have somebody in the boat to take over? Which, I've heard if that's the case, if that's the case, my my thought would be Urban Meyer, because that's the only guy that can take the job right now. Yeah, I saw I know Teddy apparently hinted that he thought maybe it was Lincoln. I was like, Lincoln's not going to come back to the SEC after he ran from OU to get away from the SEC. Yeah, no. It's uh, not if it's Lincoln Riley, I'll give him his flowers, but no, it's not Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Urban Meyer, which that guy'll do wonders for the culture. Um yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be somebody big. It, it's such a weird, like you said, he blows somebody out. We've heard this rumbling all season, right? Um, pretty much this was like from my you know, uh view of it. Like I don't have the inside information, but it was like it was like the remember the Titan scenario of if he doesn't go undefeated. He's getting canned. So he was yeah. pretty much, you know, done by, you know, week two or whatever. Um, but just a weird set of events. I don't understand. So, yeah, I, I would be surprised if there's not, you know, but you also have to look at it. Maybe they're just trying to get ahead of things because, like, you have a lot of openings. You have now you have the DC spot at USC opening up, um, which, yeah, think of that what you will, but, um, there's plenty of coordinator spots that are going to be open or coming open. You have a lot of up and coming coaches. Like you have Leopold at Kansas that I know a lot of people are trying to poach, um, yeah. you know, and things like that. So maybe they're just trying to get to where that they can start actually saying like, look, we've moved on. Now we're ready to get come after 
whoever it is. Maybe it's Urban. Could be anybody. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Maybe. Leopold. Leopold going to A and M. Leopold. Leopold. Yeah. Sorry. I'm Leopold. Leopold. <laughs> Dude, that's kind of terrifying, honestly. It, it really is because I do think he built culture there and all those things. But again, I they can't make an announcement for weeks. The only thing I can think about this, because that's been one of the things that's been discussed even with USC, right, is there's even been USC fans saying, don't fire Grinch right now because he has got some pretty good recruits coming in. Wait till you get past the signing period and then can him, right? Obviously, A&M continues to recruit at a super high level. Um, and so it just makes me feel like they have to know who it is they're hiring and they're trying to get this done so they can announce it and try to hang on to this class because they've got talent, dude. Terry Bussey's real. Dominic McKinley is for real. Which he did, others he did. A couple of them did tweet like some cryptic things. So I don't know. Like, well, they McKinley know did it. McKinley said he's ride or die with the D line coach of AM. He basically said, I'm attached to that dude. So whoever yeah. hires him is getting me. It's basically what he said. Um, there were definitely others that were like, what? going to see what happens right um i would definitely say and look we're not we're not throwing something out there that's exclusive to us on information right but david hicks is the name that you keep hearing might be jumping to the portal and could really be looking ou's way to get out of there with all the changes coming so we'll we'll see what happens with that and and what comes of that um but just crazy news and then of course USC drops another one. I don't think any of us are surprised by that. Um, but they dropped another one. But, uh, man, it's just – it'll be very interesting to see how Can I, Lincoln did you handles watch, it. How he, Oh, go ahead. Did you, did you stay up and watch the game? Uh, I watched about three-quarters of it, um, which, I mean, I will say this. Kudos to USC, man, because <laughs> – we were driving home from the game, and the stat came over the uh, the radio that Bo Nix was two for two for 161 yards to start the game. Yep. And I was yeah, like, was, dude, this game, they're, over, they're, over. Their defense, if anything, I might say it was the best thing that could happen to Alex Grinch because now it looks the defense looks worse without him. But, uh, yeah. But they I mean, stepped up after that. I mean, you spot 14 points in the first three minutes of that game. And then you hold them to the 36 from there on out for what that defense has been this year. I mean, they had a shot down the stretch, hey, right? Look, look, dude, they're close. They're not that far off. They're not oh, that gosh. far off. That's that was his That's all that he kept off. saying in the post game. We are so close. We are so close. We are no, so he said close. he no, 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 no. He's he's progressed not that far off, is what he says. Now we're not that far off, which is you know, yeah. close. Um, yeah, it, it's a uh it was I, honestly though watching the game. I stayed. I actually stayed up and watched it all. I was exhausted the next day. But um, that freaking Pac-12 after dark. Um, yeah, living living on the East Coast life. Um, but I will say that like after like watching it, it felt like Oregon dominated a lot more than the scoreboard said. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but but again, Caleb Williams. I don't care what people say. Caleb Williams is still one of the top three players in college football. He's a phenomenal yes. athlete. He's a phenomenal quarterback. Um, and that's the only thing I can say is you're what they're seven and four now. I think seven and four. Yeah. And you are seven and four with one of the top three players in the country. So and maybe two of the top ten players in the country with uh branch. 
as well. Yep. Cause that yep. dude is electric. Right. So yeah, man, it's, it, it is, uh, it is fascinating to see what's happening um, over there and man. And kudos to Dan Lanning, who supposedly is another name that's being mentioned at A&M. Um, he's got that program rolling and, and doing some great things. Uh, he's obviously been a really, really good hire uh, for Oregon. And so again, just be interesting to see what happens with Lincoln and all those things um, as it all moves forward. So that's kind of college football in a nutshell. We're going to move off of college football and move on to uh, NBA basketball and a little thunder talk, shall we? So the Thunder are now six and four. They are fifth in the Western Conference, uh, which is a pretty darn good place to be. And again, uh, one game in particular, a call goes your way, really could be six and three. But either way, a six and four start is pretty impressive. And the other night was in a very impressive win for the Thunder to go and to beat the Phoenix Suns, 111 to 99. Uh, big, big win uh, for them. And just, I mean, that's a talented team in Phoenix. They might not be the deepest team, but they are definitely stacked with talent. Um, and I felt like you just continue to see this team grow. Um, and if it tells you anything, it is interesting to realize and to think through uh, the reality that Josh Giddy right now literally might be the fourth, and I could even argue he is the fifth uh, best player on the squad right now. Um, and that is a wild stat. And that's not to say that Josh Giddy is playing bad or that he shouldn't be playing or any of those kinds of things, but just to say a guy that we were all so high on at the end of last year with this roster with Chet in there, uh, now playing his rookie year, we all, always knew Shea was better. J-Dub has taken his game to another level, so he's playing incredible as your three. And, dude, you cannot look past what Lou Dort is doing uh, on this squad at all either. I mean, he is making this team really good and playing highly efficient uh, basketball for this squad. And it is really, really fun to watch. And in this Phoenix game the other night, you got Shea dropping 35 points in the game on 13 of 22 shooting, I mean, which is crazy. Now, Josh Giddy, while he may not have scored as much, had 10 assists in the game. Like that's – and that's what you're wanting him to be, right? You're wanting him to be the setup guy. You're wanting him to be the facilitator guy, uh, all those kinds of things. And he did that the other night really, really well. Um, just to give you some other guys in the game, uh, J-Dub, 31 points in that game. And Chet with another 18-point performance, three of six from three-point range. Uh, J-Dub goes three of four from three-point range. And Dort's worst game of the night with nine points on the night, uh, one block and two steals uh, on the night. But he goes 0 for 5 from three-point range, which probably dropped him down into the, I don't know, 50%. Uh, on the season, uh, three-point shooting, because he has just been playing out of his mind Terrible. with his shot production. Yeah, and by the way, sorry for everybody that's wondering why J-Rod went quiet for <laughs> a few minutes there. Uh, apparently, there's a bear uh, just outside the neighborhood. So my dog is now in the other room barking. So hopefully it's not outside. <laughs> so I had to bring my... They were literally they literally had rangers. That was a ranger knocked on my door. It's only there's bears in the neighborhood. So anyways, I had to bring my trash well, can. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
So, oh, I tell you about, I said, by the way, get backing on this. I had to look it up. Dort now is shooting a, uh, a very cold 47.9% from three-point range after oh, going horrible. 0 for 5. Trade him. Right. Trade him. Get a, yeah, like send him to the G League. Uh, yeah, it's wild. You know, okay, so here's a crazy thing. Um, I was talking to my boy again, Jared. He's a big Sixers fan, also, right? And I said, What do you what would you do if like the Thunder and the Sixers met in the playoffs somehow? And he was like, Never gonna happen. He's like, it's it, he he didn't think it's happening. He's like, he's like, y'all are still like two. He's like, y'all are two or three years away. And I was like, I really think a lot of the league's sleeping on how quick this team might surprise people. I don't I again, I don't think this is the year that they're gonna be like a crazy threat, but it's like I honestly think if they progress the way they shouldn't. With how they're playing already this season, I know it's a small sample size. Dude, next year might be the year that you start really making noise, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think next year could be the year, uh, without a doubt. I mean, look, the the question is just going to be, how much more does J-Dub develop? How much more does Chet develop? But now also next season, I believe, is the year that some of these contracts start coming up. And right. that is going to be a major factor as well. So, you know, what what goes into all that? Does if we keep saying this? Is is this year, next year, whatever going to be the year where Sam Presti shoves all those picks he's got into a player that ends up on the market because the team decides they want to rebuild? You know, if you ship four first round picks out of the 17 of them that you got, and you pull in a guy that that now elevates the team even more. Um, I mean, look, you keep drafting guys like Casey Wallace. I mean, okay. Even Usman Jang has played really well this year, right? Like a very good role player on this team. But you keep you keep uh, drafting uh, J-Dubs and Casey Wallace's and Chet Holmgren's over the next couple of years. I mean, good Lord. Now, Chet, obviously, top two pick. He should be that. You're getting Jalen Williams at 12. Right, you're getting Casey mm-hmm. Wallace in that ten to fifteen right? Like, you keep doing it's, that. Guy. You're well, and it's and that's what like spot. that, and that's the one thing is I really want to see, and that's what I that's another discussion that I had had with him was who would they go after? Because he's like a lot of the very like the the superstars, most of the superstars in the leagues are pretty much tied up with their team, right? Like, you know, you're not going to get uh like a Lillard or uh um. Giannis or anybody like that, or you're not going to get right, you know, whoever. Like, I just those are the two superstars that came to mind. They're playing together, so they're not going to leave, right? So, what are you going to do? Uh, and I was like, I don't know, but it's like Sam Presti, dude. The dude's made moves where you're just like, like when he was it, yeah, it was last, not this last draft, but the one before where he just absolutely fleeced. I don't remember who it was, but it's like, bro, he robbed, yeah, he robbed them of. Like I was like I don't understand what how he convinced somebody to do that. The man is a genius. So yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's wild, but man, it's and it's a fun. Granted, they've only had one nationally televised game so far this year, but it's just fun basketball to watch. It's it's it is not the same as the Splash Bro teams that won championships as far as the three point shot goes, but it is the same in the amount of cutting and movement without the basketball on the floor, which lends to a fun product to watch, right? Because it's not dribble the ball up, run a pick and roll to get your isolation play, and then somebody dribble out to the half court and just dribble in and go one-on-one basketball. It is 
movement, 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 pass, 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 pass. I mean, they are all over the place. And the, you know, Troy had been saying it forever. They are trying to find decision makers at every single position. They are trying to find ball handlers at every single position. And they have. And it is really reaping some benefits. And I would even say this team is a little ahead of schedule for what we thought they should be right now. And it's it's a blast to watch, you know. So really yeah, fun. And fun. with that, if you enjoy watching the Thunder, don't forget in December, we got to vote for a new stadium if you live here in Oklahoma City. And you need to vote yes on this. Like, again, I, I'm going to say it on this podcast until that vote comes. And I obviously, if you're taking the time to listen to a sports podcast, you probably are in the same boat with us and we get that. But you've got to spread the word to other people too. The impact on the city economically is huge. And if you really believe that the Thunder won't leave just because Clay Bennett's the owner, um, because of all this, you have to understand that other owners have a say in that as well of where a team plays or doesn't play. And look, that's how we pulled this franchise here out of Seattle because they yeah. refused to make the steps they needed to make to build a new stadium. And we're trying to ride out a 20 year old stadium. We've got to do the same thing here. And you got to remember as well, the Paycom center was never built to be an NBA arena. That's not what it was made for. It was made to be an all purpose event type center. And we just got lucky enough to stumble into an NBA team now it's time to take it to the next level. And by the way, if you do, you're going to get concerts that you've never gotten. You're going to get events that you've never gotten because well, it's an it's, arena that's made for that. Look, look, uh, here's here. I'm going to put it into a different perspective for those. Here's how you sell it to people that aren't sports people that don't care about basketball or football or whatever. Um, remember what downtown Oklahoma City was before the Thunder came? Like it was growing, but it was like, you know, Brick, Bricktown was Bricktown and you know what I mean? There wasn't much outside of that. It was just wasn't the same. Now you've got the Thunder have brought so much growth to that area and so many eyeballs on that area that it's so much bigger. Uh, it's it's grown so much since. Well, I mean, how long? What was it? What year did they come here? Like two thousand seven, six? Oh gosh, that's a great question. I'd have to look it up. I don't remember the exact year, but it's in that range. Yes. Um. Yeah, either way, you know what I mean? Like the Hornets were here. It's it, it's grown so much. Uh, the impact on Oklahoma City is so huge. Yes. So even though I don't live there, please vote yes. It's it's 2008. Great. 2008. Yeah, there you go. So you, that's what I'm saying. You know, you look at that and you go think about what it was then. I mean, I know that was a long time ago, but it's like it is absolutely different. And I literally could yeah. not point to anything more than the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. 100%. So support it and get it going. Um, it's it's good, good stuff. So, and uh, and I will say too, I watched a little bit of OU basketball the other night. Uh, no juggernaut, but there's athletes. There are definitely athletes on the floor, and it could be, could be a fun year to watch them as well. So we'll start talking about that a little bit more as the season gets real and they're not playing, you know, AM, you know, popcorn state from wherever uh, to kick off the season and uh, some opponents. They look, they look good thus far. So, anyways, that's all I got. You got anything else? That's it. F1 Grand Prix in Las Vegas is this weekend. I thought it was last weekend. It's this weekend. So excited for that. Um, even talked to our dad. Our dad's like, you know, our dad's a big Vegas guy. So he's like, yeah, I'll probably watch it. Um, <laughs> so, 
Um, it was cool but, seeing the shots last night from the football game and the track being all set up and lit up and stuff. Yeah. Like he was telling me, and so like one thing that's um I guess there's been people that have been mad in Vegas because like they built like these grandstands and all these things for the race, and apparently it's blocking some of the views and making it really hard to get around and stuff like that, which you know, I mean, it's a big event. I I don't know. I, I can understand, I guess, both sides of that argument. But apparently there's also been rumors. He, my like dad apparently knew about this before me about there's the activists. There's been activists that had gone around to races all over the world. One of them literally got hit by a car because they decided to run out on the track during like it was like a practice session or something. But the cars were going full speed and they had to flag it. And he ran out on the, the deal so quick that a car, it didn't hit it, like run him over, but it like clipped him kind of. Um but yeah, it's like apparently there's some of there there's some activists that are planning to protest at the thing, and I you know, who knows? It'll be a circus whether there's that or not because it's Vegas. But um, yeah, but yeah man, yeah. I'm I'm uh I'm hyped for it. So that's awesome. That is awesome. It should be cool to see, and um, it's wild to think about. Like you said, just F1 racing, Grand Prix racing going down the. The, the strip is just nuts to to think about and to process but it should be really really cool so anyways so that's all we got tonight man this was a fun good vibes podcast tonight good vibes podcast after a 59 20 win they keep it rolling uh so this was a fun one we're having a great time we hope you are too i'm daryl that's jared and we will talk to you guys later night baker Put the ponies in the ball.